Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Catherine Miller. I'm the founder of the Miller Law Group and director at the Center for Understanding in Conflict, and I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And my guest today is Stacey Francis. Stacey is a nationally recognized financial expert and the president and CEO of Francis Financial, a fee-only boutique wealth management, financial planning, and divorce financial planning firm dedicated to providing ongoing comprehensive advice for successful individuals, couples, and women in transition, such as facing divorce or widowhood. Welcome, Stacey. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Catherine. I'm excited to to be here. And, you know, so many people who are facing divorce are worried about M-O-N-E-Y. Will they be able to understand the finances? Will they be financially secure following the divorce? How much will they get? How much will they have to pay? And so what do you think for people who are facing divorce, what is the most important thing about gaining financial security in that phase? And how, how should people think about that? Well, I'm glad you bring it up because for many people, money is the number one thing that they worry about and, and even will keep them in an unhappy marriage. And, you know, my, my message is that everyone can get on top of their finances. And the most important thing that you can do to assure that you're going to be financially secure long term is to, you know, take back the blindfold and, and really get clear about what your money looks like. And when I say what your money looks like, it's not only your assets, what might be in retirement, what your uh, checking and savings might be, but also if you have any debt and what that spending is. And um, spending in particular has changed for a lot of people, especially in the time of COVID. So if they haven't gone through and really looked at their cash flow, looked at where their money's going and, and what's coming in, there's no time better than now. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And at the same time, so many people are afraid to do that either because they're afraid of of what it will look like or they just don't think they understand it. I mean, it really comes down to numbers and lots of people are afraid of math, right? And so why do you think people are reluctant to do that? Because I think, you know, as you point out yeah. that many many times people stay in unhappy marriages because they're afraid that they can't afford not to. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, it's so funny. I, I likened it to when, and I think back to the, the spring, I hadn't jumped on the scale for a month and a half. And the longer I waited, the more frightening it was to get on that scale. And finally, I, I did it. I jumped on. I saw the number. Trust me, Catherine, <laughs> it was not, it was not a good number. But the good news is that I saw it. There was the shock factor and it kicked me in the bum bum to go ahead, get healthy and start to make some better decisions and lose it. It's the same thing with your money. The longer you spend not looking at it, the 
more frightened and difficult it is. And so what I encourage people to do is to look at your money, see where you're spending it with no judgment, because that's a big piece that holds us back just as jumping on that scale. It's, it's that judgment of, you know, if we are good enough, if we're responsible enough, are we, you know, the way we're spending our money, we tend to judge ourselves more harshly than less anyone would ever, ever judge us. And so just coming to peace with, this is where I spend my money and that's okay. And this is where I'm at. And maybe that will change in the future. Maybe you want to change that. But for now, this is where, this is where I'm at. And, you know, I know, you know, as an expert in the divorce field and in helping couples split amicably, we can't know if they're going to be okay financially unless they know they're spending. So it's, it's the, in my opinion, the most important thing. And once you do it, it's a lot easier. It's just like getting on that scale the first time. It's so funny that you say that because I always think that the word budget and the word diet are very similar, right? It means we should be doing something different than what we are doing. And, but you're also talking about the no judgment. And I think that the biggest fear is self-judgment, right? So that I think that my experience is when people come in and they do a lifestyle analysis, just let's just call it that, right? And they say, all right, this is how we've been spending our money. And it's super important to do that because without that knowledge, there's no possibility of making choices. And, and you are stuck in this perhaps uncomfortable situation, whether or not you're getting divorced or not, right? And so you look at how you're spending your money, and so many of my clients apologize to me for how they're spending their money. Like, really? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like you're the, you know, you're, you're the spending guru, and, and they have to, they have to get your, your approval, approval, or something. The, and, and approval really, to go past the pearly gates. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, listen, it's not up to me how you spend your money, right? This is really, and it's not about judging how much money you're spending on clothes or how much money you're spending on takeout or how much money you're spending in ways that people feel like they shouldn't be spending money but do. And so what do you, how do you help people, Stacey Francis, get past that, that self-judgment or that fear of other people's judgment to really just say, all right, let's just look at this and make some changes the way you obviously did when you finally got on the scale and said, all right, something's got to change. So there's a couple pieces of number one, knowing that guess what? This is a judgment-free zone. And then I'll share how I spend my money and, you know, no longer an Uber bill, but, you know, trust me, my Uber bill, people, thank goodness they were sitting down when they heard it. Um, you know, so by me being vulnerable, the team that I work with, our certified divorce financial analysts, being vulnerable of saying, you know, hey, we have seen not tens, but hundreds of budgets. And based on what your income is, we would expect you to spend X, Y, and Z. And so, again, sharing your own personal experience and kind of and getting vulnerable and sharing things that you might be a little bit uncomfortable sharing as far as your own spending really opens up a safe place of knowing, guess what, there's no judgment. And then secondly, really being able to let them know that we have expertise, we do this. This is what we we eat for breakfast, our, you know, lifestyle analysis and looking at spending. And so, you know, because of that, there's, you know, most people, most people are 
typically spending well within range of what their income allows. Yeah. I'm Catherine Miller. You're listening to Divorce Dialogues. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30. But perhaps you're listening on the podcast or available on the podcast website, divorcedialogues.com, as well as on all podcast sites. And I'm talking today with Stacey Francis about divorce and your money. And so, Stacey Francis, for people who are thinking about divorce and money and have a lot of fear about it, it seems so complicated and so overwhelming. There's expenses, there's income, there's child support, there's maintenance, which is what we call alimony in New York, there's assets and liabilities, there's the value of businesses, there's unvested options or other equity compensation. There's so many things, retirement funds. It can seem so overwhelming just to even know where to start thinking about it. And so what do you say to people who are like, all right, where should I actually start? That's a good question because it can be overwhelming. And the first thing I would do is just start to collect your documents and do the best you can to back up any account that you might know of with a document. And so your retirement account, uh, maybe your spouse's retirement account, get a copy of ideally the most recent statement. Get a copy and log in for your, you know, your checking account at your bank and your savings account at your bank. If you have any brokerage accounts as well, investment account statements, and then any documents related to large financial assets, such as, you know, cars or boats or your house, your tax return is also key. And boy, that is, um, an unbelievably insightful document that explains a lot about income and tax deductions. Um, and we've talked a little bit about the, the income and the assets, but it's important too to, as a, a second, second step, or if you feel comfortable doing it at the same time, starting to get your handle on any debts. So that would be, of course, a mortgage. Um, but if there are car loans or credit cards or, um, you know, any other type of debt, these are all things that just collect the documents. Don't worry about doing anything with them, but just start with that first piece of just collecting as many documents as you can. And do you think that, that people should start doing that when they just start thinking about it after they've consulted a lawyer, when they've talked to their spouse about the divorce? Is there any ideal place or time to start doing that work? There may be other people that have different views, but I believe sooner the better. And Starting to have a conversation, ideally with your spouse, about what is your financial situation. Now, this is not true of everyone, but a, a lot of our clients are, are not the ones that are really managing the long-term finances and have, you know, the, their thumb on the, the heartbeat of all of these different accounts and assets and values. So it can take some time to get up to speed and, the ideal is to work with your partner to help uh, help you get up to speed with where things are. And we use COVID as a wonderful talking point to start that discussion of, okay, the market has gone up and down dramatically this year. Where are our accounts at? Are we okay? 
Do you feel comfortable with your employment and your salary that that's going to continue? Do we need to change anything about our finances? Not necessarily talking about divorce, but just, again, starting to get more information and knowledge because it's much easier to do so when a couple is working amicably than it is when they're at each other's throats. Yeah, I think that's really a good point. But sometimes people come into it already at each other's throats. And some of the listeners might be thinking, listen, (laughs) when people get divorced, aren't they always at each other's throats? And, And so what is a certified divorce financial analyst and how can that person help? So a divorce financial, a certified divorce financial analyst is someone who has done additional specialized training and focus on all the aspects of divorce, specifically the tax impact and uh, the long-term projections of what should go into a divorce settlement as far as, you know, for that person to be financially secure over the next couple of years, but, but also the long-term. There are a lot of intricate details and some individuals have very complicated financial situations with different types of assets, with irregular income, and even irregular expenses or expenses that might continue for a special needs child or something of of the, the sort. So a certified divorce financial analyst, I don't want to say that everyone needs one, or although I am a little bit biased because that's what I do. <laughs> but if if someone is really nervous about making sure that the settlement that they're that they're saying yes to is a settlement that's going to allow them to live securely long term, it may make sense to have a, a CDFA run those numbers for you so that you can make those decisions of, can I stay in the house? How long can I stay? Does my budget need to change? Do I need to go back to work? Helping you go through some of those difficult questions that might be keeping you up at night. My experience is that working when you have one neutral financial professional working with the couple to help them think out through these questions can be really, really helpful. And what is your experience with that? If the divorcing couple chooses to work with one person to help them understand the finances versus maybe two? Yeah, it's interesting. We have done um, both situations. I will be honest, most of the time, we're being hired by the wife and we're working on her behalf. But what I have found is that it can be a very enlightening document where the piece I love about numbers and why I love this work so much is that for me, every day is different with weather and you kind of don't know what it's going to be like. But numbers, you can rely on. One plus one is always going to equal two. And that's why I love I love this work because when we are creating that financial projection, there's no funny business that we can do. We're very our team is very transparent at Francis Financial to, to really show you, well, this is what we're assuming your account's gonna grow at. This is what we assume that, you know, inflation is gonna be and how expensive things are going to increase each year. And this is the amount that we expect that you would live till maybe age 90 or whatever that might be. And there's the number. There's the the answer. So it can be really helpful to bring a couple to a more center point 
especially if one spouse is what I would say is out in left field. And what they're coming to the table with is not necessarily something that is would be expected to be reasonable. It's showing then financially this doesn't work and this is why it doesn't work. Well, it's so interesting, Stacey Francis, because the numbers are the numbers, but money is so much more than just numbers, right? In our culture, it's so much more (laughs) than just a way to pay the bills or, you know, dollars and cents on the page. And so I think it becomes very, I mean, that's, of course, why people feel so embarrassed about their budgets or their their spending habits or, you know, those kinds of things. And so um, I think that what you're talking about is really kind of simplifying it and saying, all right, you're going through this, but let's let's look at the numbers on the page. You know, one and one is always going to add up to two, regardless of what you might think or feel about that. Is that right? Exactly that. And the numbers are on the page. They're in ink. And... They don't lie. But I I do have to say that the challenge of the topic that we're talking about, which is money, I mean, if it was really simple, we wouldn't be needing to have this podcast. But money has so much more attached to it with fear, with anxieties. And so it's figuring out for your situation, for you, who you are, your 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 money DNA, your money, your money personality. What's going to allow you to have an agreement that you sign that leaves you feeling comfortable, knowledgeable, and financially secure? So what is that? Maybe it is having everything modeled out to the penny. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just knowing that at the end of every year, you're going to be able to save, let's say, 10% of your income. Or ideally, my goal is up for a client we want someone ideally saving 15 to 20% of their income. But figuring out, you know, what's right for you, what's going to give you that peace of mind, and then making sure that you have those tools so that you can move forward in a way that you are starting your new chapter and you're doing so in a, in a really good place. You're listening to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Catherine Miller. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM, alternate Wednesdays from 5 to 5.30. And we'd also love for you to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm talking today with Stacey Francis, the founder of Francis Financial, about money and divorce. And Stacey, if people are interested in learning more about Francis Financial or what you do, how can they do that? Well, thank you. Uh, our team... You can find out all about us is at www.francisfinancial.com. And it's a wonderful website where it shows you client stories, how we've worked with people, who the best clients that we can help. And I think that's really important. You really do want to make sure that whomever you're working with is the right fit. And what I would also say is that when you are searching for a divorce financial analyst, you really want to make sure that you're looking for uh, essentially three things, fee-only, fiduciary, as well as an independent. And there, are, unfortunately, are not too many people out there that operate in that way. It's actually less than 2%, but we are out there. We are out there. And there are some great resources, napfa.org, N as in Nancy, A, P as in Paul, F as in Frank, A.org is a great resource where you can look in your particular location for a financial advisor that works uh, both as fee-only, fiduciary, and independent. 
Thank you. That's really great information. So, Stacey Francis, if someone is listening to us right now and is thinking, I really would like to get divorced, but I'm worried about Armageddon, does it really have to be that way in your experience? Yeah, so you it, it doesn't have to be that way. And we have worked with many, many individuals where they've had a very conflict-filled marriage but they've been able to move through the divorce process as amicable a way as you would hope and, and much, much more successfully than they even had thought. And Catherine, I know you'll agree that a big piece of this is who you're working with as your attorney and what process that you're using too and making sure that you're showing up and you are doing the best thing you can to make this process move along as conflict-free a way, meaning that you're there. You're, you're, you're showing your cards, meaning that you're disclosing the assets. You're making sure that your spouse understands the finances so that you can both move from a place of knowledge to make good decisions for the whole family. What do you think that is, if someone is thinking about this and they're thinking, oh, that sounds really good, how, how could they <laughs> find professionals who can help them with that? Like, like, is there, you know, think there are questions that they should be asking potential attorneys or a potential financial professionals to make sure that they're the kind of person who's going to help them to a more peaceful resolution. Not that it's going to be easy and not that it's not going to, they're going to not be arguments and disagreements at times, but who's not going to fan the flames of that and really is going to work really to come to some resolution that makes sense for the whole family the way that you're talking about. That's a great question. We have thought about that at Francis Financial because so many people come to us and we want them to interview other financial advisors too. We want to make sure they have the right fit. And you only know that if you interview a few people. And I feel the same way also, you know, about attorneys. And so we have a wonderful list at Francis Financial for both questions to ask a potential divorce financial analyst, as well as questions to ask a potential attorney. And part of that is understanding what process they participate in, whether it's mediation, collaborative, litigation, so that you can get that information and make good decisions. And we created a, a wonderful white paper that is on our website that I mentioned, www.francisfinancial.com, that has a lot of these questions. And it shares the stories of 150 women who traveled through the divorce journey and wanted to share their lessons learned, their mistakes, the things they did right to protect other women who are just starting this process. So it's a great uh, resource. It's free to download. And it's very helpful because it does show you the importance of who your team is and how powerful having a full team can be to help you move through this and come out the other side as whole and as healthy as possible. 
All right. That sounds like really great information and a great resource for people who are thinking about this. And so what do you, if if people are just starting to think about this, is there maybe three pieces of advice you would give them? And and I'm not giving you a lot of time for this either because we only have about a minute or so left. But what are your top three pieces of advice for people getting divorced? Number one, get on top of your expenses. Number two, understand what the assets and liabilities are. And three, start to build your team. Even if you're not ready to move forward, start to have that team ready. I think that's a really great point because a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And then they wait so long to start interviewing people that maybe their spouse makes the decision. And now instead of going from a proactive stance, they're in a reactive stance having to catch play catch up. And that makes a really big difference emotionally in my experience. What do you think about that? I do agree. No one wants to have to play catch up. Divorce is not necessarily easy. And the more you're able to prepare and take off your plate for the future, the better you're going to be. All right. That's great advice. Thank you, Stacey Francis, for being the guest on Divorce Dialogues. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.